0: Hi, I'm Jim, and I'm David, and this is the Practical Guitars Podcast, the podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. <laughs> Jim is eating, what is that?
1: I am eating a Nature Valley... Sweet and salty cashew bar.
0: Cashews? Are you are you listen to this? Can, can you believe this? The audacity of eating cashews <laughs> on this podcast—unbelievable! <laughs> what am I? What am I dealing with? I need a new co-host. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, did you hear? Uh, am Amps and Axes is uh, going on hiatus. Really? Yep. Uh, they are "quote unquote," and I'm making the thing with my fingers, retooling their podcast. Oh. So they're changing up their format. Uh, it sounds like Mick Marcelino might be the only one coming back to me. That's, that's kind of, it was like, oh, well, Jeff Bober was like, well, we don't want to do the same thing over and over forever. And it's almost yeah, like were, he made a comment yeah. about not having enough time to do things. Cause I think his AM mm-hmm. company is starting to pick up. Yeah. And so it's almost like, all right, it's time for me to back out of this. You know? Well,
1: cause Marcelino was really using Bober as a way to get to interviews
0: well and i once, think they were i think they were both like they're they're good friends anyway so oh um, yeah
1: no no i don't mean using them in a bad way i'm just you say um, using his connection
0: <laughs> yeah of course i would too so um jim uh yes, there's sir. there's some stuff i have to do every episode if you if you require if you remember require okay. uh Go are it. you a regular listener why not Subscribe to Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put an review at the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved! Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups like Practical Guitarist. If you can find us on Twitter, you can, as at Practical Guitarist. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have launched a Threadless store at practicalguitarspodcast.threadless.com. If you'd like to donate money to this show, there's always Patreon. Our Patreon is available at Patreon.com slash PracticalGuitarist. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do some at questions at PracticalGuitarist.com. And maybe we'll get back to you. No, we'll get back to you. <laughs> and Jim is over here fondling his uh, Akai MPK Mini Controller.
1: Actually, I haven't actually opened the box all the way. I got it this far. (gasps) Oh, look at that. Look at that. that, Hey, who'd have thought there were keys in there? I got to be honest with you. So uh, it came today, and it was on the porch. I picked up the box. I said, this box better have more than a box of candy in it. This thing doesn't weigh Yeah,
0: they're usually pretty light. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. And
1: it comes with free. um, and. A foam, foam, yeah. styrofoam. No. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful for the environment. What a! Oh, this is it. California's going to sue these now guys. Now you need, now
0: They're you need some cement glue.
1: And and of course your USB port um, and some stuff. I won't pull this out t- right now. I'll do that when we get done. No, I would, I would appreciate I really it if you keep it. I'm using this for some of my lesson stuff that we're going to talk about today.
0: Really appreciate you keep it in your pants. That would be that would be wonderful.
1: Well, I, this thing is too big to put in my pants.
0: Uh, uh, not that. <laughs> you, you said you were going to pull it out. <laughs>
1: no, 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 a keyboard. <laughs> I was, cons- I was, I was concerned.
0: Do.
1: So After I did all some this shopping puss- yesterday. After this all this pussy our-
0: melting that's been going on lately, I'm really concerned.
1: <laughs> this is our second uh, get good, right?
0: Uh, yes. We're going to do, yeah. Uh, shit. So we have we to talk. Start? About- Jim, before we do anything, we got we to address the controversy at hand. I've already brought up the pussy melder. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we got to talk about the, the Pussy Melter Mark too. Yes. So it's gone from a preset to a real pedal, yep. a real life pedal. That and was my his, that nose was is response. not even growing. My nose is not even growing. Like, I'm not lying at all. I <laughs> honestly am sitting here just kind of like flabbergasted because I saw it yesterday and I was like, what?
1: I saw that on um, Facebook. Uh, I thought that was one of the funniest things because he pretty much just said, Q, I'm doing it. And I'm gonna make we're gonna
0: make a pedal out of it. Um a, a podcasting acquaintance, Ryan Burke, has uh, has already begun his campaign uh against whoever's making this pedal. Well, that's not really a campaign, Feel but it? he's making light of it. So what he did was he made a pedal called the um what did he call it? He 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 mocked up a pedal with, with art called the toxic masculator or something like that. <laughs> it's toxic masculizer. And it—it's okay. funny when you see it. Like you're like that could be a legit pedal, and it has like somebody pointed out, and I'm not really sure if it was intended, but it has. It's like a on the, the for the art on it. There's like a a, um, a barrel, and inside mm-hmm. the barrel are all these green like it looks like green goo. You know, like radioactive goo. But if you look closely, it could be a pile of green dicks. Oh no! <laughs> and I think it actually is. Might like, actually have supposed to have been that green um, wiener. i let me see if i can find the picture real quick because i'll describe it to our listeners and and it it is But
1: well, we'll have to link it
0: yeah i'm gonna have um, to you
1: uh, you know all right so the whole thing is kind of blown up out of proportion in the um in the light of what happened um, again, I don't want to get into whether I think it's a right or wrong thing, because I just don't care. Yeah, well... It doesn't, it doesn't even pop onto my radar. That band doesn't pop onto my radar.
0: It's not going to but affect whether said, I buy pedals from this builder. I mean... Right. But what is it uh, that I'm looking for right now? It's the Toxic Masculizer, I think.
1: Yeah, you look up that one. I'm looking up the, the uh, new uh, the,
0: the new Pussy melter. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, you can buy it right at the store at Steel Panther Rock. Yeah, they're selling it through their site, which is great. Oh, yeah. 200 bucks. I'll tell you right now, I'd be surprised. It says right on it, um, parental advisory. I love this. Explicit distortion. <laughs> so it's it's settings are dirty, load, booty and sizzle. Oh, my
0: God. And, you no, know, actually his might actually be worse. Um, t- just because, just because it like, it speaks so harshly of, you know, the, the way that men are perceived in the media right now. Yep. And, um, <laughs> I said you, uh... I said it to you. It says toxic masculizer. The, uh, the knobs are well, actually gaslight milady butt hurt there are two there are two it's always on by the way and there are two foot switches which are insecurity boost and overcompensate and then there's a switch that says P- I saw this. pc or sjw yep.
1: sjw <laughs> i don't, even know. SJW. Oh I my don't God. even know
0: dude i don't even know i saw this and i was like oh i'm God. a man i have to have this like i have to
1: so yeah, I, but it's not gonna have any. Somebody's wheel, I mean, gonna
0: have to build this thing. <laughs> like it's gonna have to have Yeah, happen. but what are
1: they gonna do with it? What would PC be? What would it, this is more of that suck knob on the on the it, it just has no I I don't I don't ever intend to use say. it. I'm not gonna
0: use it, Jim. I'm just gonna hang it on my wall. This <laughs> is hilarious. Don't know. Now I don't know. as far as the pussy melter controversy goes, everybody's trying to figure out who's actually building these things for Steel Panther. And it—they look so much like the Kirk Hammett line of pedals. Yep. Uh, There's a lot of people thinking that it's coming from the same builder, which is somehow—I
1: don't know—that that that look (laughs) is just generic. That's a generic box. I'm willing to bet you it doesn't do much at all.
0: Well, but the thing is, the knob layout and everything comes directly from the Kirk Hammett line of pedals. Like they're already pre-drilled that way, top jacks and all. So it's moist
1: (sighs) um, and a gushing setting.
0: So I I guess uh, the guy that does the KMDH pedals already came out and said, no, we're not building it.
1: (laughs) Oh, by the way, it also has – the input is stick it in and the um, output is pull out. I'm willing to bet you that this pedal absolutely does nothing. And, uh, well, it might be just a plain distortion pedal. Yeah, it's probably a drive (laughs) um, pedal of some sort. All I'm saying is this is going to be – All right, so there was um, a—I don't know if you remember this. So uh, maybe two years back, there was this pedal that somebody had put on their board, and they said, "Yeah, I'm rocking this pedal," and it had a a naked woman. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So before remember that? Yes, I absolutely remember. Let me go down
1: this road. And I put on there. I don't think that I would play that out. I just don't think it would be appropriate to have on a board in any club situation. And I must have gotten attacked by 50 people from the uh, 60 cycle hum group who said I was being too uptight.
0: Oh no! I don't. That I don't think that was sixty cycle Jim. Yeah, it was. No, we'll go back and yeah. we'll, we'll dig it out because I
1: only have. Yeah, I only have. Uh, at that time, I think I was part of sixty cycle. Hum was the only Facebook.
0: No, see the reason why I say I don't think it was because we 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 routed several people because they were like, oh, this is fine, and it like so it's not a naked woman, right? That's the thing. It's it's a woman. It is literally breasts and and yes. lower no yeah. face so yep. it's completely like turning the the female form and body into an object right. which is why people flipped the fuck out and we were all like everybody I know over in that group was like fuck this like yeah. well, who who the hell built this thing and uh yeah so yep.
1: and when i got when i said i would not put that on my board i got a i got a ton of people that just came and ripped on me from, from- i took a three week i took a three week break from the group for that for that reason
0: I don't know. I I don't remember any of that ever going on, Jim. I think you're you're probably thinking of like pedal boards of doom or something.
1: I'm not part of pedal boards of doom. Never have been them. No, oh well. I don't. I've never even been to it. I don't go to. Um, I know the that only...
0: pedal got shared in a bunch of places, including Instagram. So it, oh, and that's sure. very Why possible. Do it it may have ended up somewhere else, but. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. I mean, there over at least over in the sixty cycle hum group, they tend to be very like. Uh, They they can be kind of like this isn't so bad about certain things, but stuff like that like if that they would have thrown the line there. I know there's a lot of people that that did not they were pissed about the pussy melter too, and the uh, preset, and I just don't care. Like it's not even it's a drop. It's not on my radar. Same thing with this. I'm not gonna run out and buy this. They're they, they're not even getting retailers to buy this. It's going to be sold through their site for their fans.
1: Of course it is, so, and it, and and like ten people will buy it.
0: Yeah, but that's um, two
1: thousand dollars probably for the guts of a of a twenty dollar pedal.
0: Yeah, it's well, I don't know what's in it. It You're might be just a tube screamer. To
1: find out it's a Joyo on the inside. Oh, I
0: figure it's probably a tube screamer, but um, yeah, it's probably whatever. that KMDH pedal, the the tube screamer with four knobs and the and the switch in the middle. Yeah, I, the guy that guy was very quick to be like, no, I'm not making it, and it's like. are you (laughs) like, are you like, almost like he knew this was coming, you know? Um, so it's wasn't me. me. Yeah, whatever. It makes a difference. Um, I, I hope that, you know, if you can take anything away from this, like everybody, when you see this kind of crap on the internet, just, just shut up. Don't pile on each other. Like it's not worth it.
1: Well, what happens is this is the thing that uh, just like, um, anything else, once you share this stuff, it's just like mentioning Kim Kardashian, now she gets, now she gets fame for it. Right, right. There's no reason for this thing to be famous. It didn't do anything. It didn't. The only people that made it, I, this never would have. Yeah, if that controversy had never up. happened, it wouldn't be like this right now. If somebody hadn't said, eh, this pisses me off," nobody would have known it existed. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a That's whole where thing. I, I'm like, now they're gonna make a few thousand dollars
0: on it. I'll bet you. Oh, for fucking sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um. And actually they'll probably sell out of these things. There's enough people that are like, I'm uh, this is PC bullshit and you know, like the Trumpers that, that you know. Yep. They'll buy it. People will buy it. And it's,
1: people it's, will buy it. But I just think this is and gonna that, be a
0: limited run thing and it's and then it'll be gone and we don't have
1: to worry about it ever and, again. And absolutely no um uh, Steel Panther fans will be lost
0: in the, in the process. Yeah, in the making of this pedal.
1: Anyway, or, in the, or in the controversy thereof.
0: I mean, we're talking about a band that sings about glory holes. Do you think they give a shit? Their they, fans they, give a when, shit about this thing.
1: Yeah, when you've got a song called Asian Hooker, yeah. The last thing you need to do. You know, last thing you're worried about is the PC group. Yeah, and and the last thing they should be worried about is the name of their pedals. <laughs> I mean, if you were listening to their lyrics, the last thing you should yeah. be worried about.
0: That's that was, why I'm like, all right, whatever. Anyway, so this week we're actually going to talk about guitar and not equipment for a change. We are going um, to talk about playing guitar. Well, we'll try to avoid equipment. But, yes. Yeah. Jim, so you have been investing some time in uh, Fretboard Logic, which is yes. a so pretty I, well-known I bought,
1: book. Yeah, so I bought the Fretboard Logic um, system for, like, I got a military discount. It was like 60 bucks or whatever it uh at Guitar Center, anyway, um, because I don't like taking lessons because I don't like to be logged down into stuff. And I got the Prepper Logic, so I got the um, the books. There's yep. two books. There's not a lot in these books.
0: Man. No, they're they're not that
1: big. They're like less than 100 pages. Uh, but the print is huge. Uh huh. it is geriatric huge, which it, is good because I'm old. Um,
0: <laughs> it's funny because they're selling educational material to people who should know this shit already.
1: <laughs> So anyway, really, it goes down to the cage system. The guy does everything he can to try to convince you that it's not pentatonic scales. Oh, well, he does say it, that it's pentatonic. But he what I didn't agree with, he comes out and he says um, uh, in here that uh, the Greek scales of modes are bullshit. That don't worry about them. The only thing you need to know is pentatonic scales. Now, this is a guy that has been, you know, talking crap. He he bounces.
0: I I love that. I love what he just said. That like the only thing you need is a pentatonic scale. Like what are you gonna do with the other like you know two notes that you drop? Yep. Like, so in- <laughs> I'm just I'm just flabbergasted that somebody would say that. I don't. I barely use pentatonics. I mean, I mean, I use them, but like I'm a diatonic guy. You know, I want those extra notes. I want to have them on tap if I need them.
1: Yep. So this is a. He uses, but he calls it the chromatic. Scale, obviously, oh my but god! He comes back and says, "I'm going to a diatonic scale." <laughs> and I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, it's been interesting reading so far. Um, obviously, based on the fact that you can move the C, A, G, E, and D chords up and down. The right now, at first, I said, "Now wait a minute," because this is me. I'm like, "Caged makes no sense to me because the C is a D chord in the zero position, right? Right. I mean, that's correct." because of the way they map out the patterns for the cage system, actually C is not the D chord. C is a C chord and D is a D chord because you put the, you put the bar, the finger in a different position relative to the place of the chords.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as long as it's got a C and E and a G in it, yeah. <laughs> it's a C chord in my opinion. And, and that, and, and like, I don't give a fuck what voicing it's at. I can play that damn thing all over the neck. Like, it doesn't make any difference.
1: Just so that they can say, okay, <laughs> there's five patterns and five.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what always got me about the cage system is that, like, they want to do a lot of arbitrary things just so they can have, like, a consistent system. They want to make it into a system. I'm like, it's not
1: a system, it's music. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so we both know, or, all right, so we both <coughs> looked at the way fretboard both of us look at it a yeah little differently. We, we, we
0: talked about it right before this episode so uh, why don't and you I'm go thinking. yeah why don't you go through how you do it and then we'll go through how i do it and then we'll talk about and then
1: we'll talk about the the differences and the and the similarities yeah yeah so um when i was looking at uh, the way i look at a fretboard if i'm going to play a pentatonic scale this is not the this is not the way i play a diatonic scale all right we're not in right i'm just talking about major minor pentatonics um, so I only have to worry about three patterns. But the the thing that that um, I look at is I see the I see the guitar fretboard like a keyboard. That's what I was ta- like telling you.
0: So when you say patterns, you don't mean positions, right? Or you mean positions? Patterns. Yeah, but are you talking about like in different positions? So you can play what? the A what? pentatonic that exists at the fifth fret, and then you can you can play it starting on a different note, a different fret. And and have a different position. That's is that the same thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. I right, just
1: making sure. Yeah. It, it, as far as up and down the fretboard positions, <clears throat> I have three patterns in three positions. But I look at I look at only five strings because one string repeats. Right. Right. So I don't really think about the fact the second the higher E is a second E. I just know that's an E, right, e right. string, and my brain doesn't need to. Now it's the way my brain works. Everybody is different. Um. So the other thing that um, I look at is they're, they're in pairs. <clears throat> so the guitar, if I look at um, G, E through G, but I put the B now, now I do this cause I pl- I, I learned this on a seven string, but <clears throat> if I put the B at the bottom and I forget about the higher B, then what I have is a true tune to fourths guitar, right? Mm-hmm. So I have B E A D G low to low to high uh, B E A D G right? and that means that um if you look at the patterns um on your on your guitar and you look at the the um the way that uh you've got your your minor pentatonic it's always going to be starting at the root a minor third a second a second right you've got such as an a, pent- a minor pentatonic you've got a minor third then you've got a second a second a minor third a second a second, a minor third, so the pattern repeats all over now what like you were saying, that means that in the positions if if I know the pattern, if I know I'm playing a minor third and then a second mm-hmm. I can under because I can go down go I, I I say down, I mean up in in tone, two strings um so if I jump from my e string to my d string, and as we all know, then I jump. Up two frets, I'm at the same note, right, right? Right. So if I jump from a G to a G, I could get to the same same note by going um, two strings higher in tone and two frets higher. Now I'm at I'm at an octave, and and the I think the key instead of learning a bunch of dumbass patterns to knowing how to get around your guitar yeah. is to know where your intervals are. Yes, you find intervals, fourths fifths, octaves, thirds, minor thirds. You've you've got this down.
0: Yeah, so, Jim, Jim, that's exactly the way that I perceive things. So I learned, and I don't, as we mentioned, I I knew pentatonics, like that's when I first started off playing. Obviously, usually the first scale you learn on guitar. Um, And later on, I got into the diatonics, and diatonic minor specifically, because I think it's really easy to get under the fingers, and this is how I learned everything. And I'm holding up my piece of paper that Jim was just holding up his. Um and mine is basically so you have five seven eight, five seven eight on the e and the a string, and then when you get to the D string, you have five seven and seven is the octave, right so obviously, if I can use that five seven eight five seven eight and just add two frets to it, then I got the next I got the next pattern right so it's seven nine ten seven nine ten, and then add infinitum,
1: just bearing in mind that b shifts back one so um because the fact of where it is on a guitar and it's tuned to a third versus a fourth under the G. Right,
0: right. So once you, get, <laughs> once you get it, like you just submit it in your mind, you never think about it again. Um, and honestly, like I never went through the oh, well, I need to learn how to play an A minor scale at the second fret. Like I never did any of that. It, it just never... Because I could do it already. Like Once I figured out octaves, all I had to know was how to go an octave up and an octave down. And once I right. figured that out, I was like, shit, what do I need this for? Like, exactly. I, and, then, and then I heard people talking about caged, like, oh, I'm taking lessons and they're teaching me caged and all this. And I'm like, the hell you need that for? And they'd show me what caged was and they'd show me these patterns. I go, okay, so what? <laughs> like, are can already do that?
1: <laughs> and I think that comes into perspective, right? We all learn differently. Sure, we all learn sure. to look at differently. I see the guitar as a circle. But I started, I started you know, um, by looking at the keyboard, right? So when it came to theory... I knew how to play the guitar before, but I never knew any theory. Here's the other thing. I was just, I was just telling somebody, because they asked me, how do you spell a chord? I said, look, a major chord is easy. It's a major third and a minor third. That's a chord. If you could go major third, minor third, because you're going a major third to your first note, and a minor third from that note relative from the major third note. Mm-hmm. A minor third from that note, that's a chord, because that's your third and that's your fifth. And then if it's a minor, it's a minor third, major third. So it's right. major third, minor third, or minor third, major third. If you can look at it that way, then again, you don't need to memorize all these ridiculous patterns. They're yeah. they're useless, right?
0: There's only a couple of patterns you really need to know. I mean, that's so nevertheless. So Jim and I were comparing notes last night. And right? one of the and one of the funny <laughs> things one of the funny things we did, right? So Jim goes, Oh, it's like show me these major pentatonics things, and he's like it's really cool and i'm like yeah i know major pentatonics but i'm laughing because i'm like i'm like la- he, he plays them wrong <laughs> no it's not that i play them wrong i when i think pentatonic all i think is five note scale right five notes so five, yeah. it's like a hexatonic a really hexatonic is an eight right yes. uh, so yeah so hexatonic uh, pentatonic and what i actually have done and this is just something i got bored playing the the regular like major pentatonic minor pentatonic major diatonic major or minor diatonic and then of course harmonic minor and harmonic major and all those things I I got bored and I was like, well, we know we know there are modes, right? So what happens if I take a major scale and I drop cuz if you take a minor scale like A minor, you're dropping yeah. and I think it's your second. it's your second and your sixth, right?
1: That's right, second and the sixth.
0: All right, so you take that and then you take your major diatonic scale and you drop your second and your sixth, which
1: is not what you do in the major pentatonic. Uh, no, if not you, at all. It, that's that's not how you learn, but that works for you.
0: It works. Well, you can hear it like so. I'm sure you played my example last night, and you're like, "What the hell?" I did,
1: and it doesn't sound unmusical. That's, that's why I went, "What the fuck?" It doesn't sound <laughs> no, it doesn't unmusical. Right? Sound, it sounds good. So sounds- I'm going to ask you this: When you play, because uh, there were some questions I asked you, I'm going to bring them up here. Yeah, you got. You, got you want me to go over them, right? No, no. I, I'm so yeah. So when you play, um. Do you play? Oh my gosh, we we. I think it was three o'clock in the morning when we were talking. No, oh, it was like midnight after midnight. Yeah. after midnight. Um, so I I said this will be good a good discussion. So here's the question: <clears throat> When you're playing your your version of the major pentatonic scale, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's five <laughs> versions, there's five notes. Yeah. That in in theory, that means that it is a pentatonic scale. Right. It may not be the pentatonic No, scale, it's just a. But it pentatonic is scale. Pentatonic scale. Yeah, right. And I honestly think you should draw it up, and and we'll put those pictures. Of oh, our, if if, our if I got drawings. time,
0: we'll, yeah. If I got time, we'll post them. And they may not be in yeah. the show notes at first, uh, but they will be in the the podcast group eventually. So
1: yeah, we'll put them in the co- in the podcast group. The um uh the interesting thing that that I look at here is you're looking at a different way. So how do you apply that? Let's say you're playing. In, um you're playing over a major i'm assuming you're playing over a major scale that you're um you're in how do you apply your major pentatonic to your major scale
0: okay so I sent you two one is the lydian um which is yep. which is got a raised fourth and yep. then the other one is um the other one is just like a regular diatonic um the raised fourth one that's gonna go, so basically it's the same rules you used to use like a major scale right so if you're going to play A major, then you can play the A major scale over it. Or if you're going to play the relative minor, you can obviously use the A major scale over it. Or if you have a chord progression that's in A major, then you can use that scale over it. Because And, and, it, and it works because there's no different notes. You're just choosing to leave some out. That's all you're doing. And so when you do the Lydian note, it gets different because you, like everybody knows... Well, if you don't know, you know this now. If you use a major 7 chord you can play Lydian over it. You, that raised fourth actually sounds sweeter, and a lot of people prefer it to using a, a regular major scale. So, anyway. What were you saying, Jim, before you shoved food in your mouth? Those are sweet
1: tarts. Alright. And it came from... Sweetwater. water. From sweet water. Now I can't open my mouth because... <laughs> Jim! They are sour. Oh my god. Alright, so... Let's look at. Am I muted? I'm not muted. No, you're
0: not. I can hear everything I... you're saying and chewing.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I meant to mute when I put that in my mouth. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, we, we're staying away from I that pedal. I think I heard the crickling, but. We're staying away from that pedal. Um, so, when you play that, here's, here's the danger that a lot of people, um, when they're playing and they're, and they're going along, the one question they always have. Especially when you play outside the minor. T- minor pentatonic always works. It yes. always It works even works. against major chords. It works against the major scale. And, and dominant chords. Minor yep. Why? Because you're never okay. stepping on the notes in the scale. If you play the major scale or the minor scale, you're never stepping on. Because if you're playing, someone would say, well, what if you're playing a minor third chord? Or Yeah, uh, um, uh, a minor third chord. So what? I'm playing I'm playing um as long as I don't sit on the major third prolonged. Or I'm mean, I'm sorry. If I play a major third, what if you're playing a you play a um minor pentatonic over a major third chord? So mm-hmm. what? I'm playing the flats or I mean the the 7, the um yeah. the major 7 right. of the chord. Right. That doesn't that doesn't sound bad over the chord.
0: So and there's a, that's another thing too is like so there's there's really two approaches to how you use these scales in practice. So right. there's, there's three, right? There's one that's the harmonic approach, where you're going to actually use these to create a harmony. Um, yep. And that, that's where things get a little bit more complicated. But there, yep. the other two is if you're doing single note lines, or you're playing a melody line, for example, um, yep. you can either take the jazz, what I consider the jazz approach, which is, all right, so for each chord, I'm going to use the appropriate scale, Right. Or right. for these two chords, I'll use this scale because there, there's a common element there. And then for these two chords, I'll use this scale. I, I have never been that guy. I look for the path of least resistance. So if I look at the chord progression, I go, <laughs> it's an in, it's in A major. I'm going to go for, you know, either A major, or F sharp minor and be like, that's it. And all I have to do is hit my. So I will try to, if I end a, a line or something on a different chord, I'll try to end it. On the appropriate note for that chord, so like let's say you have an an F sharp major or an F sharp minor chord, right? Then I'm going to end on F sharp rather than A, and then if I start a new line, I'll try to I'll try to carry that through. But I mean, I don't think about that it, honestly. It's just reflex now. Like my lines end that way because I know what I know what my ears like. Um, so uh, my approach is a totally auditory one. I I've learned a lot of theory over the years. I stopped learning theory five or six years ago because I was like, you know what? At this point, I I know enough that I can sit down. I can compose a piece of music. I can play piano. I I know more about theory when it comes to those other instruments. But when I get on guitar, I'm so fluent with the way that I I approach it now that I, and and fluid as well, that it just doesn't occur to me anymore. I'm just like, all right, so I'm just going to play this chord progression now. And it's, I don't even think about the note names. I don't think about what scales work best here. I just guide my ears guide me and my fingers guide me and they know what works. And, and I just, I'm along for the ride sometimes.
1: So. Okay. So let me ask you this. Cause I, I agree with you. All right. And a lot of what um, I think we both do uh, is that we both look at um, uh, guitar differently, but certainly we look at it um, in a way that sounds good right? To our ears. But we both come from a different place, right? You come from um, a place that's got a lot of blues and influences. Yeah, a lot
0: of improvisational stuff.
1: Improvisation, where I come from a lot of pop and um, uh, country and and, uh, rock.
0: Yeah, a lot more structured approaches to those forms, too.
1: Correct. And so... um, this is where it'll be interesting to see what the difference it is. So really what we both talked about, as far as our way of looking at the fret bird, fret bird, bird uh, PRS, the fret bird is the, yeah, the, the PRS fret bird is the same thing. We actually do the same thing. We look at it. We are looking at the same thing differently. We have a different perspective. Yeah. You, you like to look at, um, or you look at the patterns um, and your patterns move yeah.
0: I mean With it's to, guitar is a really visual thing when I play it. Absolutely. So he's you're not lying. It's very much pattern based.
1: Absolutely. And we do, I don't care who you are, you do follow into fall into some licks um. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, because that's when you go on autopilot. Right. When you go on autopilot. And you were asking me because you said <clears throat> about um playing. When I go to play, I have to have I have to have one of two um, ways to think is my are my hands on autopilot or is my mouth on autopilot right. because i sing most of the time doing pop music there's a lot of vocal right there's mm-hmm. very little um, guitar even even in some of those popular guitar oriented pop songs very little guitar going on but you take some of those get to those songs and they do have solos rolling over top right of right. the vocal mm-hmm. and i have to think okay Am I playing this rote? Because if I don't play this rote, then I can't think vocally how to inflect. Or am I going to play this this way, and then my brain is just shut off to my mouth, and it's just going, and I'm, I'm a rambling man, so to speak. Right? Yeah, yeah. Think uh, about that song, and I used that as, a, as an example on purpose. So- rambling man. Look, listen to all the stuff that's going on during the vocal. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: So my, I, I, I'm completely following you. I, I agree completely with what you're saying about how you know how you approach it. Um, the the difference I I think in the way that I look at it, especially when I'm going on autopilot, if the music's good, my autopilot's going to be great. So if I'm feeling what what's going on, I can just I can rip. But that's the thing like I've had to work on and a lot of people practice you know they sit around and they they practice the same tunes or whatever that they're going to do in their set you and I work on practice, practicing on building emotion without any like stimulus I'll sit there and say how do I make myself go off like that without having to, like w- if they're playing like shit you know what I mean like how do I do that yeah. if they're if the drummer's not following along like and I spend a, a, a significant amount of resources doing this. I feel I feel so new age about it too because like I've heard um I've heard Steve Vai describe it as play a chord that sounds like a waterfall or something like that, and it's just that that's yeah. exactly my approach. And it's it's so hilarious because it's just
1: it's just bad. so yeah, Well, no, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but when I do it, okay, um. I'm getting up in front of a group of people, and I'm not saying that improvisational musicians don't do this. I'm getting up in front of a group of people, but there's an expectation from the music that I play. It's going to be close to, if not exactly, certain things. Like, um, I'll give you an example. The intro to Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. Mm -hmm. That's got to start with that drum beat, and it's got to be that nice, cool, swinging 4-4 drum beat, right? Right, 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 right slightly ahead of the beat and then in comes that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right we talked about that before now that has got to be dead on because if i don't do that dead on the other guys doing the singing and yeah. if i don't play that dead on guess what i do i throw him off yeah yeah his timing's gone now the bass player's timing's gone now the drummer can't keep up so guess what everybody it's 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 a team effort now i'm not I'm not putting down the three the the three guitar or I mean, the one guitar band stuff. Yeah. The, the Hendrix, the Stevie Ray Vaughan, the yeah. cream, the the Zeppelin. I'm not putting that down. But what I'm saying is, um, for the most part, once you add a second melodic instrument. You have even though we can we could argue that vocals, we there's no argument. Vocals are a melodic instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once you add melodic instruments that are going on at the same time as each other, you have got to be careful about this, right?
0: I've had the same problems with with just drums and bass, to be honest yeah. with you. And it's I don't think I don't think I guess melody is obviously going to get you called out immediately if if you got yes. two guys clashing. But um, I'll tell you right now, like people can tell when your when your rhythm section sucks, and when your and well, when your guitar player can't lock in with your rhythm section. Um, yes. And, it, and and what you're the, the phenomenon you're, you're talking about really becomes magnified by the fact that you have one instrument starting and then the other instruments come in or yep. one instrument comes in at a time or whatever. And that and and those portions of, of music in general are very difficult to pull off correctly, because if somebody's off, it throws everybody off. And that's not a right. unique situation at all.
1: And well, <sighs> uh, what I was getting at, though, let's say that I decided, you know what, today I'm going to improvise over that. So instead of playing, I play. Which is
0: if the song is structured that way, but it's not. So, what's it said? You're playing a structured piece. And I play structured pieces too. But I'm just saying, like. I love the way you
1: said that. Well, I play structured pieces too. No, I
0: do. but So, I'm just saying, you know. I'm not immune to this, Jim. Like I've seen this oh, no, stuff I before.
1: I, I'm just saying that I, uh, no, no, I don't. I don't argue. That's why I said I'm not saying that, that the improvisational musicians don't have structured parts. What I'm saying is that okay, take take David Gilmore for example. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. He never played "Comfortably Numb" the same way twice, right? Mm-hmm. But he introed the solos and outroed the solos the same way, almost right? always the same. Yeah, way. They call it bookending, right? So by bookending that solo the same way, what he didn't have to worry about in the middle, the band was like, I don't care what you're going to do. Yeah. You can ramble on. Well, but when I when I mentioned Ramblin' Man earlier, think about the guitar that's going on during Ramblin' Man. And it, and if you don't use that, think about the double stops that go on during the vocal part of Brown Eyed Girl. A lot of people are like, oh, Brown Eyed Girl sucks. It's just G, D, C, and D. Yeah. Okay. Play that double stop part all the whole way through. You so, see what
0: I mean? It's, yeah, but all right. So we're back to the same discussion I know we've had before, where um, understanding improvisational music and understanding structured music—they're they're just two completely different things. And so right. even even if you're to sit there and say, okay, so David Gilmore is going to do his book in its solo, right? That's improv. Well, no, it's not, because it's structured. They sit there and they say, okay, we're going to have the bookend and the bookend. This is what you listen for. Like, I'll do yep. anything I want in the middle. It's, right. not, it's not like the Grateful Dead where they come out and they're so heavy on acid that, like... Oh, good lord. That, that they don't know what they're going to do, you know? And every, nobody knows what the hell they're going to do. Um, right. And including them. And, and that's... I, I don't... I'm not big on that style of music either, I'm nope. more like I come from like more the jazz school of improv where it's like okay we're going to have a head and you know but we're going to book in the whole piece of music and then in the middle I'm going to point to somebody and they're going to take a solo. Like that's more that and it's not we, we don't actually point at people if I if I'm playing with somebody but like they'll give you the look, you know, <laughs> or, or something and you'll know like okay, I'm supposed to step out now. Um, yeah. But it that's an organizational thing. So we don't use necessarily the structure of the music to know what the hell we're supposed to be doing. It's more based on the band leader being like, okay, your turn. You know, it's, um, that
1: that's important. Absolutely. So and how you cue, it's whether all it's visual cues, and cues or audible cues, right? Because we can use audible cues. The drummer can start to go, sure. rap, rap, sure. you know, because, uh, who is it? Buddy Rich? Yeah. Right. Band leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he didn't have to say a word. No. Everybody knew where he was going. Well, I mean,
0: Jimmy, or not Jimmy, uh, Frank Zappa used to compose on stage, and he used to use hand <laughs> signals to tell the band what to do. And he had this complicated system of hand signals he had to learn if you were Frank's band. And so if you think about it from that perspective, yeah. I mean, that's really, this, it's not improv at that point. Like, he's, give, he's oh. telling you what to do. Um, Absolutely. It's just how, how generic are the instructions. And I, I think I mentioned this in our conversation last night when so when i when i step up and play now it used to be 10 years ago i think i'm going to use this a minor ascending run and i'm going to end on 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 a b on the on the high e string right right and like i would get that granular with it and now it's i it's more like a paintbrush i'm like i'm going to start on an a minor ascending and then i'm going to end somewhere <laughs>
1: like I'm gonna hold sixteen hope the bars. Best. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take sixteen bars, and I'm just gonna play. Yeah. So, speaking of bars, and speaking of all the stuff we've talked about, all right. This is the question I'm gonna have for you because a lot of people, a lot of my students ask this, a lot of people ask me this: Why is music theory important if all you care about is how it sounds?
0: Because music theory explains how things sound. So. That's, we, we always have to stop and remind ourselves when we're talking about music theory that we've invented this thing called music theory, the, the set of rules and philosophies, in order to explain why things are that have naturally occurred. The first, may, maybe, and first and maybe only musical idea that has ever held any gravitas through the ages is when Pythagoras sat down with a string and said, if I divide it in half, that's an octave. If I yep. divide that in half, that's a fifth. Like the, those, that particular piece, that you know, and and that concept is maybe the only thing that happened prior to music, and we don't know if he was actually doing that to explain something he'd already seen, yep. and and that's and that's probably more than likely the case. So think about science in the same way. We don't we didn't use science to create the universe, but we try to use science to explain why the universe is. Does that, that makes sense?
1: That it, makes sense to me. The other thing that I try to tell my students is this. If you can't, if I can't explain to you. Yeah, the, it's a language what thing. What I want you to do. Right. It's a language. When you learned, we, we all know, uh, I'm old enough to remember people who, who were getting along in day to day life. And some people may even know some people like this now who did not know how to read. Yep. That doesn't mean they couldn't do their jobs didn't mean they couldn't shop and they couldn't you know write a check or whatever, but if they couldn't write and read there were there were limitations in their lives and I try to tell them that the limitation you're going to have is you can't express yourself to me you can't express yourself to others right you can express yourself musically and audibly in a in a musical sense but what you can never do is tell me how it works because i I have this one guy he's learning all these some um, acoustic uh, things where they're taking pop pop music of today and doing all this solo acoustic stuff. And I said, I said, I know that sounds incredible to you. And I don't want to come across as a dick, but it's not that hard. If you want me to teach it to you, it's not that hard. What they're doing is extremely easy if you want me to teach it to you. But you have to be willing to sit down and say, okay, I'm willing to learn these scales because without them, I can't teach you how to apply that when you want to learn a song on your own, because I could teach you. That song and that song and that song. But all I'm teaching you is put this finger here. Put yeah, this finger, you know that it's song. It's all mechanics.
0: Right? I, have a, I have a cousin, and he may be a listener to the show, but um, I remember. So he he never really played in front of anybody. And and I was over there one time, and I had, I had my guitar with me, and they they wanted us to play together. And he brought his he brought his guitar up, and he played a song. We both played a song together, and it was funny because like he didn't know anything about how to how to like formulate a new musical idea on his own he knew the songs that he had been taught and he knew them very well i mean he was actually really good but you ask him if you asked him for example play a c major scale he wouldn't know and he was playing like some pretty complicated metallica stuff some 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 more challenging guns and roses stuff and it was like but you but you don't know how to improvise like i i what what is this like you don't know twelve bar, a uh, twelve bar blues, like <laughs> you know. He,
1: that's where, um, where it goes into where he's got tools in his box he doesn't know how to use. Yeah, he knows he has a he has a screwdriver, and if you tell him to screw that screw down to that position, that's fine. But he doesn't know he can use that screwdriver to go over here and do the same thing with that screw.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's that is literally he has tools he doesn't know how to use.
0: Now I think he still plays now, um, and I, I'm. Pretty well, certain i should 'm pretty
1: certain I'm now,
0: yeah i'm pretty certain now he's like probably more advanced than he was, and maybe i oh, I'd sure. like to think play, playing with somebody like me who'd not been playing that long and right. could do a lot of the things that he did was kind of an eye opening experience and that like there's this whole other world of guitar out there, but i don't know i probably not
1: <laughs> well i know i I knew this one guy who could not play unless it was exact i mean every swell every no it had to be exact length. The bends. If they were out of tune bends, he bent out of tune. I'm like, dude, you do realize that was a mistake. That the, the guitar player did not mean to bend out of tune. The audience will never, <laughs> they will
0: never know.
1: I will never know. But he could not he could not hear. He could not not hear. He could not play unless it was exactly what he was hearing on the quote unquote the record. So if it was slightly off tune because, like we've talked about before, the master was slightly sped up or slowed down. You know, yeah. Like had, any AC/DC song is not in tune, right? He right. had a detune for every one of them because they were never in tune with each other, much less in tune. With yeah, them.
0: yeah. Uh, that's you know, so <laughs> a little known fact. Uh, part of the reason why they separated guitar players in the mix. And put one on right or left, especially in bands like that, was because they were out of tune. <laughs> they were typically out
1: of tune with each other. Yeah, you put it right on top
0: of each other, it's super obvious. Yep, um,
1: and it, and it clashes, and that's that clash. So one of the other questions, I know we're coming up towards our hour, so we got other stuff to cover, and that's fine. We want to. This thing needs to, to grow. Um, so obviously, now we know why theory is important and when to apply theory. It doesn't mean that theory is. It's just like when we write. I can write LOL, and people know that's laugh out loud, right? Mm-hmm. I do not have to write out laugh out loud. Yeah. I can say ain't, but ain't in the dictionary. Well, it might be now, but ain't ain't in the dictionary. Okay, so they, basically, you,
0: you, the only reason that any language works is because it's two people have mutually agreed upon an intermediary concept or an intermediary sound so we can speak it. So that's what Jim's getting at, I, is
1: that philosophy piece there. Right. That it just because, right, you have to know the rules before you can break them. Right. That's, that's what I'm getting to. So um, uh, the other thing is, um, and I know we're coming up to our hour, so I don't want to go no, too we're far. No,
0: we're 47 that. minutes. We got we – got, 47 uh, minutes? Yeah. Oh, good.
1: So we can talk about – that's where I, was, I, I asked, what is the mix? I don't mean the mix is in the bass is lower than the, than the guitar and where's the EQ and stuff. I mean the mix of um, the musician. So let's say you're a bass player. Mm-hmm. Most most of your beginning bass players do what? Uh,
0: Give it to me, Jim, because I don't know exactly what you're driving if at.
1: They play root notes. Yeah. Well, okay, Which so. is easy to play over, right? Yeah. Or they play root fifths. Easy to
0: play yeah. over. And then your, second, your intermediate guys will play a riff. So That's they'll right. know that they can play a couple of different notes in sequence, but they're not necessarily like arpeggios or something like that. Right. And then then your super advanced guy, he's doing walking bass lines.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And the danger of a walking bass line over a – now, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but now we have to apply what we know or what we hear differently over top of a walking bass line, right? Mm -hmm. Then I would – if I was playing um, over a bass player, just playing 1-5 – and we were playing seven chords. Yeah, you better know um, you shit if you're going to play
0: against a walking bassline like that. That's, that's, that's exactly. all I can say. Um, exactly. I played with a guy that used to do that shit just to just to bother me. Like he'd write songs and be like, "Here's the bassline. It's a walking bassline." I'm like, "God damn it. <laughs> So I'd have to count the whole thing. It was like it was ridiculous. Um, Brian
1: May. Brian May had to play over a lot of walking bassline.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. You're talking about mixes and like what makes up a, a musician, right? Like so right for me that
1: mix of knowledge
0: I'm, and, and I'm seventy five percent lead player. Um yep. which means I'm really good with single notes. I'm probably no, I wouldn't say seventy five percent. I probably say sixty six percent around thirty percent. Oh you're
1: you're no. you're probably right the first time. I'm probably I'm I probably I watched your playing.
0: Between it, between sixty five and seventy five percent, um, lead player. The other part I spend completely comping like that's, that's my thing. So I want to, I want to, when I sit down, I don't play
1: before you go further, explain what comping is to those who may not. Um,
0: So comping is like a a rhythmic feel that you apply using your instrument. So, and it doesn't necessarily, I guess, technically playing chords is comping and strumming chords, but But comping is so much more than that. And that's comping can be like doing slide ins to a chord or, Uh, Playing single notes within within the structure of like a chord, or or like Jimi Hendrix's type stuff, where he's doing chordal melodies, or um, or the the R and B style that he had. Chord melodies actually something separate, but that's the point: is that it's um, it's a different way of approaching the rhythm side of guitar. And um, well, it's not really even a different way; it's just how do you approach it. And so I spent a lot of time adjusting and coming up with unique comping styles. Because, frankly, you're going to spend a lot of time on the guitar accompanying people. You might as well figure yep. it out. And it can be super fun. If you can figure out a comping style that works for you, and it's not boring as hell, you're
1: going to have a good yep. time. Take the Stray Cat strut from uh, um, the Stray Cats. <laughs> I was like, what band is that? Yeah, yeah the Stray Cats. Yeah. Stray uh, uh, Cat strut by the Stray Cats, right? Listen to that comp over the walking bass line that... Uh,
0: was using. Um, another great great example of comping is, well they're really all over the doors music, but um
1: oh, yeah. um uh what the hell. Writers on the Storm. That's what I was yes. thinking of. Riders on the Storm. Riders on also yeah, writers on the Storm. What the hell's wrong with me?
0: If you listen if you listen to that song specifically, you'll hear um Robbie Krieger comping and doing things that are not necessarily, like, considered orthodox guitar technique, but they're just holding rhythm down, and they fit yep. within the, the chordal context. Yep. So, yep. Anyway, Or listen
1: to, listen to Train Train from The Outlaws. hmm So, eh,
0: the point is, if I, if I had to apply a mix to myself of what I am, that's probably where I would be, somewhere in there. I would probably say I'd probably spend more time comping than I care to realize. Um... So that's why I said it's probably more like sixty-five, thirty-five. Yeah. But that being said, I suck at rhythm. I mean, like, that I I have to get my rhythmic chops in order. So I can't even I can't even say rhythm instead of comping. I have to say comping specifically. So right, Jim. What are you? What do, what's your
1: mix? All right, so I, I do a lot more comping um, than lead. So. When I'm on stage and I'm doing stuff, the other guy is playing the standard, you know, straight up chords. Right. So typically he'll play um, uh, the, you know, the straightforward chord, whether it's an open or a bar chord. He'll go in that. So I'll comp around that um, to give it a a bit of a thing. So I know like over C, I can play, you know, a G um, and still get away with it as long as I come back to the C. You know, um, or I'll slide up from a b into the C, even though he's right on c, but i I have to realize that my B to come into that C so that we're to on the C together is a um my b is slightly ahead of the b, so I bring it in, you know that type of thing, yeah, so I do that. I do a lot of single note melodies, but I wouldn't call them solos, wouldn't call them lead lines, I'd call them melodic lines um I do a lot of uh die uh uh dyads um or triads where i don't play a whole chord yeah i consider uh, that i
0: consider that comping usually yeah just using that stuff unless it's in a solo context but
1: yeah exactly so let's say i'm playing in c i know i can play the dyads um over c i know my major minor dyads over c so i can use those whether i'm using two um adjacent strings or separate strings um so that i can give a little bit of flavor. Now I don't I might not do it the whole time. Like if you take like I, I said earlier with the uh, Brown Eyed Girl, that guy's playing dyads the whole time. He's playing yeah. those dyads the whole time through. I might play, you know, like a bar of them and leave it out. Sure. Or um, you know, and not play at all and stay out and then come in. So I know that there's space too. So that I would say it's probably more I'm probably more um maybe thirty-five, forty percent rhythm. Um and then uh, maybe forty percent, thirty percent comping, and then the rest doing lead lines. But if if you could call some of the melody lines, lead lines, maybe I'd get a little bit more out of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's not surprising. I mean, okay, yeah, that's- yeah. Considering the kind of music I play, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing most of the time. I mean, if you think about it, you know, uh, take a song like a six seven five three zero nine Jenny. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's like a healthy mix of everything. That's what's cool about some of those pop tunes is that they're not. So, like, if you're if you're playing straight rock music, I find that you'll find less music that has like melodic lines in it. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but like when you're playing more pop-oriented rock music or just pop in general, like there's melodic lines everywhere. Everything's freaking polyphonic. It's like damn fugue half the time.
1: Yeah, 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 it's incredible. I mean, you know, I I started playing a lot of the yacht. Well, what they used to call yacht rock. uh, Yacht rock has changed over the years. Um, and, uh, dad rock, I guess, you know, um, you know, you take a song like, um, uh, do you like pina coladas? What is that? Right. S- escape the pina colada song. Yeah. You play, you, you play that song. There is a lot going on in there. Right. A lot. Um, and so a lot of people will take these pop songs and you see it all the time. You see these bar bands, they're playing, um, these songs and they're playing very badly. And when I say badly, I just mean that they're playing very simplistically, and there's so much more you could do if you actually listen down to the, listen to the song, see what they're doing, and then maybe sometimes comp what the vocalist would have done here. Right. Because sometimes I'll I'll, um, – let's say I've got a vocal me- melody that's coming up that's really high. To accentuate what I'm doing, I'll play the guitar into my vocal melody to harmonize myself higher, and it sounds like I sing higher than I actually do. Yeah. Cheating
0: yeah that is che- <laughs> that is cheating and and i've seen other guys do that too so that's not uncommon but um david yeah we're hit we're hitting what we're we're, 50, we're hitting our hour. 56 minutes do so you anything I, else you want to talk about
1: yeah i want to talk about one last thing i'd be remiss to not mention the um fuzz demos that you've got going on right now yeah they're out there so i want you to take a minute i want you to take a minute to talk about a little bit about those what you've done and where your plans are to go from here all right so i got
0: I got one demo out. I got two in the can that I have not edited yet. I'm hoping to get a little bit of time to work on one of them this weekend. Um, so we've done, we're doing, I'm doing a series called Fuzz Facts, and it's through the Practical Guitarist YouTube channel. And we're looking at various fuzz pedals that I already own at this point. Uh, thanks to no gear. Uh- <laughs> And then we're going to start analyzing and looking at more. But I I want to do demos, but I want to make them educational. So the 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 pedal I'm most familiar with and that I have the most credibility teaching about is the the fuzz face. And so I've done what we're on the fourth or fifth fuzz face video. I did I did the um, band of gypsies fuzz video. I did the sun face video. I did the band of gypsies versus sun face video. And then I did the last one, which is a four fuzz face shootout. So I went and got a germanium fuzz face, I think I mentioned in on the last episode. And what I did is I lined them all up on the floor, I ran them in the loops on the helix, I powered them as neutrally as I could, and uh, we ran the helix fuzz as well. So we had the germanium fuzz face mini, we had the uh, band of gypsies fuzz face mini, we had the sun face, and then we had the helix um in that mix, so what what's wild about this is how good the helix actually sounds, and if you go and listen to the clips uh i I did a blind test, so I won't tell you which one it is but but it sounds pretty damn good, so when you get to the end of the um the end of the demo you'll you'll know for sure, but uh the point is to educate people but also to to make sure that like some of this stuff is preserved so that people understand. Hey, you know when you set when you I I've heard people throw the helix under the bus. Look, it can't do fuzz. Digital stuff cannot do fuzz. Well, let me tell you, it sounds just fucking like a fuzz face. Now, the fuzz face is one of the hardest pedals to get right for everyone because every fucking fuzz face sounds totally goddamn different. So. I can go right now, I can go to the store, and I can get another Germanium Fuzz Face Mini, and it will be some other shade of Germanium Fuzz Face Mini. It's going to be the same pedal, same basic concept, but it might have lower gain, or it might might break up slightly differently because those transistors are so finicky. Right. None of them are the same. And if you really want to get into it, they have a trim pot on the board in those pedals, and so if the trim pot from the factory is not set exactly right, it's going to sound different. And and those trim pots have high variances, too. So um, even if you go back into the 60s, I mean, guys used to spend, they'd go go to the store and they'd say, here's 75 bucks, because a fuzz face was probably 20 or 30 bucks back then. Here's 75 bucks. I want to get in the back room with all your fuzz faces so I can pick the best one. Because they knew the same thing, which was that they're all different. Roger Mayer knew it, too. When when Jimi Hendrix came in to do the first record, he uh Mayor was a friend of his. They they had met, Mayor had given him an Octavia and they had yeah. and, and then he went to a studio literally that night and he recorded Purple Haze with the Octavia and um one of the other songs off that record. But anyway, uh Mayor was there and he's like, Well, what are you using now? And there's there, you can see this is interview in interviews. He says, uh Jimmy says, Well, I'm using the fuzz face.'" And mayor kind of looked at it, and then he went home and he did some research and like looked at the circuit and started breaking it down. And he was like, "This circuit's a mess. It's not really well designed, and it's flawed, and and that's why they're inconsistent." So yep. there there is magic to that, which is the fact that if you get a good one, like you're going to be totally happy. But the problem right. with the fuzzface circuit is even if you get a good one and the and the and it heats up, you're still fucked. You might because they all yeah, yeah, sound different, sound
1: like crap. So. Yeah,
0: they're just- they're the f- most finicky goddamn pedal on earth, and yep. s- so many people struggle to find good sounds of them. I have I have talked to so many guys who are like, "I won't touch fuzz because I had a fuzz face and it sucked." And it's like,
1: "Yeah, but okay." You but- got to ask them two questions: Did you ever open them up and and adjust the trim pot? <laughs> and did you ever um uh did you ever try another one? Did I, you bring it back? Try another one?
0: I yeah, but I, I mean, it's, so the way I feel about it is. And and this is why I think some of the people are still poo-pooing the Helix, even after hearing my video, because they have. I, I've had some conversations with a couple of people who were like, it's, it still doesn't sound right to me. Line 6 liked it. And line 6 loved it. But my point, yep. is, my point is that some people are looking for something different in the fuzz face, because there's so much variance. They might have owned one years ago. They did right. not have the gain level that the new ones do, and they just, this doesn't sound right to me. Now... Right. The funny thing is, and this is what I want to draw attention to, so if, you've, if you watch my video, great. Um, there's another video on um, YouTube of a comparison between the effects in the Axe products versus the Helix products, and they look at the fuzz face, and if you listen to the Axe uh fuzz face, it's like an overdrive. Oh, yeah. what the hell they were thinking? That's not what a fuzz face sounds like. It sounds nothing like that. Literally yeah. nothing like that. And so, and, and I've had people tell me, oh, well, the XFX one is more close to a fuzz face. And it's like, have you ever owned a fuzz face? Have you ever used one? How many have you owned? Because I've had several now at this point, And I've played right. a lot more than that. I've probably played, I mean, just just the, the
1: ones in memory, probably 12 now I, you know, <laughs> I you guys can't see the looks on on uh, David's face right now. Yeah, I'm shaking
0: my head. He I'm, is,
1: he is. I'm struggling, uh, just crazy about this because he loves his fuzz faces, I, and I have nothing against him. I don't. I, I'm just not a fuzz guy overall. Not in, uh, but most I, people I, hate I, him because they can't use them. They take effort and time. I, that's exactly right, and I'm the lazy guitarist. I'm a practically it's lazy not, guitarist. I'm not saying or you lady- don't have
0: time. I'm just saying the people that hate them didn't take the time to learn to use them right, or they had a bad one, right? Or they had a really strange one, and they're looking to replace that strange one, and they're never going to find it because it's rare, and it was like I- theirs was an theirs was an anomaly.
1: That's and that one lesson you should take from that is if you get one that you really love, do not sell it. Hang
0: on to it. Yes, absolutely.
1: It is not worth selling. You'll never get it back. You never. Um, and I want to. I want to end with this. If you watch those of you in the audience, if you watch the uh, videos, watch them and don't think that your hands were shaky. David plays loud enough in that video to shake the camera. <laughs> yep, it is shaking in the
0: video. There a- is it proper way to use that pedal and it requires a loud amp well it doesn't require a loud amp what it, what it requires is an amp that's saturated right yeah and yeah. then you have to put the fuzz face out in front of it which is going to give you a ton of freaking bass and yep. because of that i only have a 20 watt or 25 watt amp so my camera was it looked like an earthquake and it, yeah. it is hysterical but
1: <laughs> it was um, hilarious
0: I left it, well, I could have, so in post, I could have, I could have done, um, uh, what do they call it? Yeah, stabilization. And I decided not to, because I was like, well, hell, this is a fuzz video. This is what happens when you're in the room with a fuzz pedal and it's turned up. So you want to get the experience. It's there. It's definitely there. Even, even my wife was like, wow, that's, that thing was shaking the camera. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. I was like, that's That's not even a muff, (laughs) you know?
1: It was awesome. So we
0: got a muff, so, we got a muff shootout coming, and uh, that's going to have. Well, it's not muffs. It's it's. I'm billing it as three obscure fuzzes.
1: I am looking forward to that because that is, I think, <laughs> where I'm going to find the fuzz that I love. Yeah,
0: I think you're. I think you're going to like the end of the world fuzz. That's that's the one I think you're going to be like. Yeah, I could I could dig that thing. Um, the end of the So that that's going to include uh, the end of the world fuzz, and then I have a demonstration of the end of the world fuzz for good time music. And if they're listening, uh, fantastic. Uh, I really like your pedal, and it'll be reflected in the demo. And I'm glad that I'm shooting this thing out, and I'm glad that I'm playing this pedal in a video because somebody needed to do it other than the Tone King. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to link his video in mine. I I think I I may. I may actually point out, like, look what this tool did.
1: Yeah, I think what you should do is like a reaction video type thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's even better. It's like to hype yeah, up dude, my video before it comes out. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll watch it, and I'll record myself watching it. <laughs> and and like I, I I might have to sit on a toilet or something because I'm probably just going to shit myself.
1: <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> plop, plop.
0: <laughs>
1: but anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I, I really enjoyed uh, today's discussion. Um, we're going to do more of these because we want to really um, start talking more about use of the guitar. Um, and of course the pedals, um, and what we're going to be doing, uh, more and more, uh, well, we had, uh, the, the solid state versus not really versus, but sound state tube digital discussion this week. Yeah. Which, which is I think, cool. I, I think a lot of people think a digital is a solid state and they're f- our, states. our numbers were were really good on that episode, Jim. So, um, so I'm glad, I'm glad that everybody's <laughs> tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, David's been putting a lot of effort. So, if you get a chance to get out there to that uh, Patreon page, um, share. Help us sh- out. Hey,
0: if you like my videos? Share them on your personal Hear Facebook page. Put them in groups. Tell them, hey, I saw this cool video. Please. We need, we need to get people to see this stuff because I think it's really important to, to understand uh, kind of the culture uh, of what I'm doing, but also the culture of these what are now dying pedals. I mean, hell, you can't get germanium transistors anymore, it's yeah. just not a thing. So, I, I share it. Posterity, time capsule. It. I will continue yeah. to do this as long as I am breathing. <laughs>
1: yep, and Which we're having I, a blast.
0: I have my inhaler in my hand, so I'm going to try to breathe as long as possible.
1: All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. I have oh, been Jim. No, 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 Jim, one more thing. Um, oh, yeah. Now nah, we'll save it for another episode. Good, cool. So I have been Jim. He was Jim, and I was David, and we have been. For the Practical Guitars. Absolutely. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right.